0: You've got a passion for the outdoors, a desire to feel the warm sun
1: on your face, the sound of your fly line whipping through the air, the pop of the water as the fish inhales the fly you just found in the floorboard of your truck. You need to feel the cool waters on your feet, the crisp north breeze of a November morning, the sound of a turkey gobble, the December rut, the chills of an elk bugle in September, It's the longing passion to chase your obsession. This is what we share. This is
2: what we preach. Welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. Welcome, 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 guys. How are y'all doing today?
1: Good. Yeah. (laughs) Gabe Gabe was like, uh, (laughs) I wasn't ready for that question. (laughs) Can we start over? Can we do this again? (laughs) No, we're doing fine. We're here.
2: So, today at the table, we have myself, Landon. To my left is Zach. Hey. Then across from me is our guest, Robert. <laughs> Hi. And then to my right, we have Gabe.
1: What's going on? We need a little more energy. Yeah. 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 Woo. We're here. Ooh. Another
3: exciting Dang episode. Landon just redlined it all. <laughs> that's <how> I like. <laughs>
2: so, today, uh, our guest is Robert. In a little bit, we're going to talk to him about uh, a book that he wrote and a book that's coming out. Um, about the Houston area and East Texas, so um, we're excited to do that. But first, we have a drink that Gabe brought. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What did you bring, Gabe? Ooh. You know,
1: I felt like something with it finally getting a little cold and rainy, just something a little bit warm and sweet today would, would have been good. So we have a sample of uh, Old Smoky um, Apple Pie Moonshine. You, wait, 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 I'm curious. Have you guys ever had this before? Yes. Have you ever had it?
2: I don't think I've had apple pie. Yeah, never had
4: it. Mm. Yeah,
1: I've had homemade apple pie moonshine and this. They're both really good. I feel like the difference is going to be the amount of, like, cinnamon flavor that you get. But pretty much, they're they're all pretty close. That's so good. It is. It doesn't taste like apple pie.
4: Man.
2: No, it tastes like
1: apple juice. You don't think it tastes like apple pie?
2: No, it tastes like candy apples.
1: I feel like it tastes like apple yeah. juice with a nice little burn. Yeah, with a little more cinnamon.
2: Yeah, tastes it's like a fake mistake. apple. There like is like artificial um,
3: apple. So uh, when you go to Smoky Mountains, you go to Gatlinburg. Yeah. You know that's where Old Smoky kind of started. Like first of really? all, really, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right there, the heart <laughs> of the yeah. um, No, but if you do their tasting, it's like five bucks, right? Mm-hmm. But it is crazy. They give you like. They line up everybody's little tiny cup, right, yeah. and then they just like hit them, hit them, hit them, hit them, hit them, and you get to try like twenty different flavors. <gasps> did skin. you
2: did you like have to crawl out of there? Did someone have to carry you out? Or? No, <laughs>
3: you you walk to the next one, and then you crawled to the third one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because there's like now there's like three or four different companies doing it, mm-hmm. and I'll say Old Smokey's uh, apple pie is good. Mm-hmm. There's one Sugarland Shine, yeah, that's like right down the street from him. I think their apple pie moonshine is a little bit. It tastes more like a Granny Smith, kind of like so caramel like that apple, sourish a little bit. Yeah, goat. I would say it's a little like it, it, this is
1: fantastic. It's a li- yeah, little it's bit good. better. I mean, I like
3: if you like flavored stuff,
1: and really I haven't great. tried the pickles or the, um, the, the pickles. Cherries. are Good cherries are great. Um, I think they have peaches too. Mm-hmm. Peaches are good. Pickles,
3: uh, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah their it's hunch it's punch
1: it's will get you in trouble.
2: Any hunch punch will get you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's
3: true.
1: Um. This is nice. I mean, just something. This goes super down super nice. too easy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's the problem with this. Is yeah. you really got like I, I had a jar and I had to give it away. I'm like, <laughs> man, I, I I don't. I know where this could go, and I don't want to. And the apple pie is still forty percent because a lot of their flavored
3: ones are mm. they cut down to twenty percent, so they're not much stronger than like a like a high proof wine. Mm. Um, but I know their apple pie one is forty, and then like they have. There are other ones that are, are
2: When fun. are we going to do wine on the podcast, dude? Well, I have to telling me, you guys we need to do
3: wine soon. I've been drinking a lot of wine.
2: I think people might stop listening if we do wine. Like, dude, are we going to lose care. our credit? Are we going to lose our credibility? No, it, it depends on wine? the. We can be fancy for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, charcuterie board. Yeah, <laughs> and charcuterie and, uh, board and wine. And, uh, hey, yes, me and wine. Zach did a charcuterie board on our float on. Saturday. Well, wait, the <laughs> board or the
1: tackle box one? <laughs> we did. A, what do you mean? You haven't seen the tackle box? Oh, like it was in like plastic wrap. No, like you, you get like a tackle <laughs> box, uh, you know, like a Plano box with all of the dividers and you put all your, uh, dip, you put your cheeses and your crackers. Uh, and I your don't know if Plano boxes are food safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
3: for
2: sure. It's going to taste better if you have all that like rubber room, r- rubber worm residue. That's right. Uh, like yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, buy a new one. Buy a new one. But yeah. Uh, but
1: yeah, no, no. I'm surprised you guys haven't seen those. No, nope, It's all over seen. the internet. It's all over the world. Everyone knows.
2: Maybe we need to
3: try it. Now, I'm on the wine side of the internet now. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do
0: not do boxes
1: So, you were cutting everything at a, a board and doing everything while uh, Landon was rowing? Uh-huh. What? Yep. Nice. Exactly. Every now and then, I was
2: like, oh. Zach right did row a little bit.
3: And it was quite enjoyable.
2: It's actually a good stretch. Let's move into that. So, Zach and I floated. You know, I don't mind. Normally, we don't like hot spotting, but... I actually don't mind talking about where well, we fish. are not gonna be able to go. I mean, don't
3: give them the actual access point. So
2: we fish the San Antonio River, right? Uh, I would bet money that we are probably the first raft that's ever floated this section. You think so? Like non,
1: non.
3: I, I would say kayak.
2: I would say kayaker. It's going to be a kayak heavy float.
1: Oh,
3: for sure. Okay. Because but a raft had no a two man raft had no problem going through it.
2: No, no, there were we never had to get out once to pull or get unstuck or anything like that. We no, had I didn't get...
1: think the some of those areas would be wide enough for. Oh no, it was plenty. The whole trip was plenty wide. Okay, perfect.
2: Yeah, um, but and
3: flows were good and it was pretty like it was the, pretty good. The launch too.
2: and the takeout were a pain in the rear, okay. even with the two man and how easy it is to carry. They were. Made for kayaks, let's just say.
3: Putting in, I feel like, was a little bit easier than take out. You think put
2: in was easier? Yeah,
3: because it had those the the rollers.
2: Yeah, maybe.
3: I don't know. You know, we're learning about uh, simple machines in <laughs> class, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and we could have used one. We could have we could have put a couple rollers yeah. down, and just done it. You know, the old fashioned way, just roller, then pull it from the back and put it in the front, yeah. and roll.
4: Did uh, the put in? Was there actual rollers for there, the yeah. to launch? Kayaks? There
3: was for kayaks, though. Yeah. Oh, the rollers were probably oh, cool. 18 inches wide, maybe a little wider. And um, you had a ramp down one side, and then you had, like, a staircase of rollers where you could just put a kayak down and kind nice. of just guide your boat down. Yeah, yeah. Until you got right at the edge, and then you'd put it on um, just two PVCs that were kind of, like, fed right into the sure, water. yeah. That well, was kind of
2: cool. nice. The only downside was in our situation is, like, the steps were, like, metal. And very sharp and with a raft, I was like very I was very concerned about like, okay, we cannot set the boat down on this at all. We have to be very careful about how we do it. And we had to put it on its side to get it through the gate because it was <laughs> not wide enough for a raft to get through the initial mm-hmm. gate. Once we got it on the rollers, it wasn't too bad. We just kinda guided it down, but just being extremely careful. In the takeout, we just had to manhandle it up a decent set of stairs. Yeah. They did not have the rollers. At the, at the takeout, no,
3: and it was it wasn't a ramp either. It was just stairs.
2: Stairs, yep. yeah, yeah.
3: Because you have a little cart that you can put the raft on, and if it, if the takeout was a ramp, you could easily just put it on the cart, and drag it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the float was cool because I don't know anybody that's ever floated that before. No, uh, I think it would surprise a lot of people. There was no signs other than the put in and the takeout. We saw. Zero signs of civilization other than trash. <laughs> Not a single house. No. We, I mean, we, we never saw cows. a single house. We saw some cows. Um, a lot We of didn't trash see a person. Bins,
3: like that had been blown in there. And probably more tires than I've ever seen in my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I it almost that. was like at some parts, like the entire bank and base of the or the river we it was, it was t- just tires. tires. Like, tire, 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 tire. It was crazy.
2: <laughs> and you, it's just like this section of river is just like, San Antonio gets a heavy rain. This is where all that trash gets, blown into. gets washed into. You want to
1: talk it. about uh, Honey Hole H trash since we're talking about trash going
2: oh. on? Yeah, since this is going to come out after month, uh, the first iteration of Honey Hole H trash, but I'll right. talk about it. So, Honey Hole H trash. It's very simple. You go fishing. hmm you take a trash bag. Then what do you do? While you're fishing, you put some trash in the trash bag. Uh-huh. When you're done, you take a picture and fill out a form online. going so
1: fast. I'm trying to write this down.
2: And then you can win some great gear from Loon Outdoors. And then? And then you use it. And then? And then do it again. <laughs> no and then. When <laughs> no we, and then. And then when we restart it, there's a new prize pack, and you can win something else the next time you do it.
3: Nice. There you go. Yeah. Nice. So it's super easy. Super
2: easy. This one ends, the first round ends at the end of January. But this will be over. It's over now. Congratulations. No, no. I want to restart it. I think uh, Kevin is going to send me some tough lie.
3: Nice. That we can do for round two. So I'm going to make it real difficult for Carson. Congratulations. Insert name. <laughs> Insert <either. laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, The fishing was kind of slow. He kind of was. Ex-
3: well, OK, I guess there's worse days. You could not catch a fish.
2: You hooked up with a nice bass.
3: Yeah, I did. OK. And then we played him too long.
1: Why'd you play him too long?
3: I don't know. We had to make sure the camera was on. Oh, okay. We were it, looking it. at it, and I was like, oh, man, this is fancy. And I was like, get the net. And then, really, I probably should have just
1: put him in, you know.
2: You were fishing, like, we were fishing, like, 16-pound test, though. You could have just horsed him in. I definitely could have just horsed
1: him in. Or you could have you could have just taken the pictures and then, like, gotten stuck on a branch in the water and, yeah, <laughs> you know, done you it know. that way. I should have.
3: To be honest, yeah, that was it was a nice bass. So I hooked into two early. early. Okay.
1: Not early. I hooked into two, a
3: couple, a couple hours in, and then uh, lost the big guy and lost the small guy at the beginning. And then caught a medium, and then caught a medium. On
1: well, you're using your brunch money again. <laughs> yeah, I guess what Pink. color? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that's all you need. Man. Is
3: it the same one, or did you tie some new? <laughs> no, ones? that was new. One. That was actually one of Landon's, and okay. I lost it. <laughs> and then oh, we, I forgot about that. Yeah, then we were, I got a
2: short supply. of Those you owe me.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm learning. I'm learning the brunch money. Figuring it out. Starts with with pheasant tail, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's your version of a lunch money.
3: (laughs) So
2: the float was when we had Sean on from the San Antonio River Authority and he thinks that the state record Guadalupe bass is going to come from the San Antonio River. Based on the structure and the river that we saw, I would not be surprised if there's a state record bass in that section that we floated. Oh, for
3: sure. With the amount of structure. Of like
2: sticks, trees, Trash. Just incredible trash dumpsters. I mean, all kinds of incredible structure. We did it in the middle of winter. I'd like to go out there in March, Spawning. April, May. I don't know. When He said a there's float? a ton
1: of uh, snakes over there. It's like uh, I don't know. I can see there being a lot of snakes. <laughs> there would be a lot of
2: snakes. And I think Johnson,
1: uh, Chris Johnson, said the same thing when he was on, and they had he had fished that afternoon, and he was there like November
0: was it
1: right yeah I guess I yeah don't know. well I mean no, it, was no, it, it was October, it was October, regardless, I mean even if it was November, it was still ninety degrees outside, yeah, so
3: what are yeah. the banks
4: like are they mud so, pretty steep pretty or? steep uh all mud all yeah. mud okay yeah,
3: yeah, there's not really a good place like we were even thinking of even a place to like kind of like park
1: the boat,
2: yeah okay there's a there, couple there's, but uh, not,
3: not yeah,
1: a lot. I mean it's I feel like Chris was fishing in around like Confluence Park and further. That's down. way
2: upstream of where, where we were. Okay, where we're, but we're down. But,
1: but there, there are parts where you can park the car and and walk, you know, through some some brush and get to a bank, and and fish spots. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, yeah in we were at
2: San Antonio proper, yeah. you can fish on. You can wade fish here. Wade fishing is not an option.
3: No. If you were to, if you were to pop your raft, you'd be. You'd be kind of S.O.L. for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: Be swimming and walking out. Yeah, yeah,
3: probably. You'd be climbing out. Yeah, <laughs> climbing out first.
2: And there's a whole other float that we could have done that starts at the takeout where we took out. You yep. can put in there and then float down. It's a little bit longer. And we kind of determined
3: that as far as like your raft, that might be the better the boat.
2: Lo- we went and checked out the lower takeout, and it's super easy. Yeah. So we could put in where we took out and then float
4: like six or seven miles, I think.
3: Yeah, and that might be the better float for your raft, Easier. I think.
4: Yeah. Is it pretty launch. shaded? Or is are the banks or is the water wide enough that no, it's uh, very
3: shaded. It's very shaded. There's no, really? only <laughs> a couple of spots I feel like you would really get much sun at all. Huh. Um everything yeah. else just because it's so, so high.
2: So tall banks yeah. and then trees just everywhere. Yeah.
4: That's cool.
3: But I mean it was nice. It was it's definitely unique compared to like the quad, you know. Okay. Like, or the Lano. Style.
2: The Lano just like all limestone, all exposed. Mm-hmm. And it's in the backyard. It's um here. and it's in the backyard. Now what I'd like to do on the next time I take the boat out is hit the San Antonio, like in the mission reach area somehow.
3: Yeah. That's right. Do a little like sightseeing while we do it?
2: Yeah. Check out the Alamo. Like let's just float past the Alamo.
1: Exactly. Have a little tour. <laughs> Wave at all the people walking. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well they they had closed off in allowed kayaks, but I don't think during normal normal hours. The downtown area was accessible because I felt like this was maybe a couple of months ago where it's like, oh, you come in the morning, it's kayak day, y'all kayak wherever you want and yeah. you go from there. But I could feel like that would get boring downtown pretty quick.
2: Yeah,
3: I think so too. I mean, be like, It'd be cool in. once. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, I'm kayaking downtown, and then after that, I think the novelty wears off. Did
1: you S- fish? see? You it would have been good if we went during COVID and done that It's like nobody was downtown.
4: Yeah, or yeah. get like a French fry. Fly, fish those well, carp down. I it. would yeah. say like eggs, eggs to
1: see, and uh, tortilla chips. on. Yeah, yeah, and you know, but like in a in a lighter color, and <laughs> just you know, just throw it.
3: Oh, wait, I got a question. Are you talking about my French fry, fry fly, or is there actually no, like a, a real fry French fry fry. fly called the French fry fly? No. I
1: don't see. It. I mean, you could do I, one. You could do a foam. Neither. <laughs> oh. yeah. uh, but no but you could make one i i would i would make yeah. like one that that's like uh you know six millimeter foam and like, like a tan fly. and just you know cut out two inches and tie it onto a hook and just throw it out definitely and could just wait call it a freedom fry freedom
4: yeah fry. or you could i don't know tie a margarita fly if mm. you could
3: yeah i could do that well. for those
4: E- down there, yeah. I, say, <laughs> All e- I like doing is eating <laughs> Ecstasy has a
1: mojito one. color, so I think that would be okay. spot on. Mm-hmm.
2: So Zach, you finished the day rowing. I would yeah. say I probably rode most of the trip, maybe seventy five percent. Yep. And then you finished off, mm-hmm. and it was a great river to learn how to row on because there's a lot of sticks and debris and stuff to was, avoid. But it wasn't like there was no white water, so it was just like good learning how to maneuver around things. So what are some things that you learned about rowing?
3: Well, it's super enjoyable. I mean, like, I've rowed a couple of times, like, when we've done the Guad and, like, the Llano. Um, and those waters can be a little intimidating because, like, the you know, like, there's a lot of white water. And, I mean, granted, like, our white water is different here than it is up north. Yeah. But it's still, like, it's a little, like, first time rowing, you're like, oh, man, like, if I mess this a little bit, we're going to go over this little rock area sideways and we can flip. You know, here it was just, like, The water never really got super fast, but it was, like, really relaxing at the same time. But when it did narrow up, you could really back row and kind of plan what you're going to do and then execute. And meanwhile, you're kind of learning. Because I feel like every time I start rowing, it takes me, like, 30 minutes to kind of remember which direction does what I want it to do, you know? (laughs) Like, there's sometimes when to be fishing. I'm like, oh, I'll put you right to the direction you want to go, and we go in the complete opposite direction and be <laughs> like, oh, I meant to do that, you know. <laughs> but um, I would say it is like the perfect river if you want to learn how to how to row on. Yeah,
2: because there's a lot of maneuvering, but nothing is intense. No,
3: not at all. And if you bump, so it you into can anything, learn
2: how to like turn your boat, do yep. what you want to do, and it's
3: deep enough too, where you're not like we didn't have to drag it once.
2: There was one section where there was, like, a stick pile all the way across the river, and we kind of tried to remove one of the sticks to make it through because there was just, like, one obstruction we couldn't get past, and we couldn't pull it out. Yeah. So what we decided to do was take the oars and shove it down. And then, canoe and then we just canoed over it, each with an oar in our hand. And it
3: worked. It worked yes. really well. Yeah. <laughs> we were just like, okay, this we should have done that 20 minutes ago. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then we found uh, buffalo gourds. Which we asked people on Instagram what those yep. were because we didn't know. They look like lemons, and they were all over the shores. And we're like, "Ooh, can this be a foraging trip?" The answer is no. No. Buffalo gourds are apparently poisonous, except for the seeds. Which you can roast. And you can use it as soap if you use the skin. Yeah, it's what the Native Americans did.
3: Uh, you and you said you had never roasted like pumpkin seeds before. No. Have you guys? They said yeah. you, you roasted yeah. like pumpkin it's seeds. It's great. Yeah, it's super easy too. Yeah, very easy. Put it with uh, some Zatarans and then throw it in the oven. Oh, no, I didn't do Zatarans. I did um I did brown sugar cinnamon for one yeah. set. And then I did like, uh, that was really good. Ooh. And then I did like a spicy, like almost taco seasoning mix yeah. for it.
4: It's really good. Oh, that's a good idea. Taco yeah. seasoning.
2: So one other thing we're gonna talk about, Zach, was we took your TFO Axiom two, two. yeah. Five
4: weight. Uh-huh.
2: and you need a new fly line. Let's talk. No, yo, yeah, I you were sending line. you were you were sending me text <laughs> messages yesterday. I was like, why don't we talk about this on the podcast?
1: Somebody who's an intermediate line now. From no, no,
3: no, to no, no. It's a seven-year-old fly line. Okay, that the loop has come undone. Great. It floats about half the time. Yeah, so that yeah. wasn't you my, have my an intermediate line. <laughs> <That> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I made an intermediate yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my problem. I keep it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no that one sells that one. <laughs> yeah. It's a homemade. Job. That wasn't my problem with the fly line. My problem with the fly line was our casts were so short yeah. on that because the river's not very wide mm-hmm. that that rod does not load.
3: Wait, with 10 to 15 feet? Sounds We, like. Needed like <laughs> a,
2: we need a five-foot leader and then like a six-weight line on that five-weight no, to so like, get it to load. So
3: you guys know I got that rod last summer, and it became yeah. my magic rod. Like, everyone else is talking about how the drought is awful. They're not catching any fish. (laughs) And I was freaking slaying fish all summer with that rod. Okay, You know, but granted, all of my casts were 30 feet. And that rod, it's, like, beautiful, perfect loading is at 30 feet cast. You know, like, 30 to 50 is, like, its sweet spot. And we were, like... Probably ten to fifteen tops. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. So you're needing a Euro nymph
1: rod. So Honestly, that's what I'm hearing, but yeah, but say.
3: it so it, it wouldn't load. You know, like casting,
1: it yeah. was pretty kind of all over the place. I mean, like it got the job done, but it Somebody got broken off. So yeah, I mean, you landed, you had something nice on. Yeah, so you're give you had the opportunities. Yeah,
3: exactly. So yes, okay. So my question is, um, I do need to get a new fly line for it. I also use that reel and that line, and I put it on my five-weight glass every now and then as well. So I need kind of a line that kind of will help load the rod a little bit more. Not possible. I'm
2: just telling you right now. Yeah, it's too different. You are taking, like, glass, which is on this uh, side of the spectrum, and and an extremely stiff five-weight. Yeah. Live your life. Live your life, Zach. Unless you just want to go with, like, a trout, like, just a general taper, like, trout five-weight. Then you can like fish it on the glass, do its thing, and then you can fish it on the TFO. But then it's like you said, its sweet spots, is going to be thirty feet. But if we're doing a float trip, or you're on the San Antonio, well, but or then again,
3: river, uh, you know, realistically, I thought the San Antonio was going to be a little bit wider than it was, and I thought, and we we were able to chunk some streamers because like because it's a little bit stiffer, you can. It's a good five weight for, like, I don't know what I'm going to have to throw, but it will probably get the job done with whatever I need to
2: throw. Just, just buy something. Put it on let us know. I was kind of hoping you would have brought your six weight. Honestly, like, when you pulled up in the morning, I was like, Nobody man, said. I hope you brought a six weight.
3: Nobody said to bring the six weight. I don't know what to expect.
2: I just kind of figured you have a Helios 3 six weight. Yeah. And you have a TFO. <laughs> and too. I was just like, in nice my mind, right. I'm like, obvious answer is Helios Three. Yeah, I didn't think I'd have to tell you And then that. he showed, <laughs> then he showed up with a two-handed micro-spay rod and no one knew what you were doing. I was like, that one in a nine-way, <laughs> which <laughs> one? <laughs> uh,
3: yeah, no, okay. It was a learning experience for all, okay? <laughs> Are you fishing? Yeah, but who cares? <laughs> Man. Who cares? I, no, we had a great if, day. If I had brought the H3, would we have caught more fish? Probably not. Probably not. No. <laughs> Probably
2: not. No, all it took was us throwing like a huge fly on that. Remember that like huge jig fly with oh, the yeah. rattle in it that was just like ten pounds that we threw? That's when for we half caught the day. big the big guy on. Yeah, but we didn't land. So once we realized uh, we're gonna have to fish low and slow.
3: Yep, and then we landed it on tried and true.
2: It works. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So okay, wait, wait, wait,
3: no, I don't know. I'm, so okay, I'm gonna get the bank shot line.
2: No, 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 not bank shot. Not bank shot. No, because the only time you want the bank shot, bank shot is oh like, bank shot's uh, bass. No, no, bank shots is a good line, but it's like if you're on a boat pounding banks all the time, Mm. it's great because you can pick the line up, you can shoot all the line in one cast. If that's all you're doing, that line is fantastic. Power
3: taper, that's what we talked about. Power taper is
2: like a a five-and-a-half weight line, so it's like slightly oversized, and all the weight is like in the front. Yep. So on that five weight, it's going to really bend the rod more in close combat.
3: I was doing some research that would also cover like,
1: Nymph rigs,
3: and yes,
2: makes it easier to throw. So is this kind of like uh,
1: like a one handed spay line that goes, or like a yeah one handed uh, type line, one handed spay type line, or no? It's just it's just a half. It's just a half halfway. It, it's no, a halfway
2: heavy,
3: and it gets it gets heavy really quick. And all the weight it, is really fast. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Because I know like Rio has like single handed, like you can turn your five weight into, like, kind of a microspace, but you can use it as a one-hand. Whereas, like, a
2: trout line might have, like, a 30-foot belly. Yeah. A power taper might have, like, a 15-foot belly. So they take that 30 feet that's in the trout line, compress it into, like, the first 15 feet of the power taper, plus it's a half-line size heavy. Mm -hmm. So you really get the weight in the front. So bombing long casts going to be more difficult. And this is all, like, it's hard to give fly-line advice to because a good caster with a power taper line, is going to be able to bomb a power taper line. I'm just speaking you, you know in gen- general terms. But
3: also, I will say my axiom, too, is typically my warm water, me, like, small, medium bass rod. Like, it's like that is my quad rod. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, if I do more trout then fishing— Then I'd put a power taper on it. Yeah. If I do trout fishing, I typically bring my H3. What, what weight you, is what your you glass rod? Right what, you th- well, what line do you have?
4: You're talking about a new line. I bought, last year, I bought the Predator. Yeah, It's a six weight, and I bought it in the Hover Intermediate for rivers specifically, like waiter, uh, rivers that I can wade, although yeah. I have taken it to lakes, and it does fine on that too. But I bought it for wadeable, medium-sized rivers, and I, I love it for that. Really? Yeah. Um, the Hover Intermediate to me, was, like, perfect because it sinks so slow. Right. And, and, like, I mean, I've even put a popper on it. It's been fine. And, yeah, I mean, it drags the nose down a little bit. Right. But, but you is can it still louder. No? Yeah. It doesn't dig in as much? Well, not not the one I was using. Okay. Um, I could see what you mean, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'd... I love it, you know. Yeah. And I was I was real hesitant too because nothing I found online said how it holds up in heat. You know, it's like oh, it's a good predator line for musky and yeah. pike and all this stuff. And I was like, oh crap, I'm gonna buy this and I'm just gonna it's just gonna melt in my hand after one summer. And yeah, it's still good. So really? yeah,
2: I like it.
3: Yeah, that's what I think. That that power tape was a cold water line, but I've been running the trout.
2: It's a cold water line. Yeah, yeah but you
3: live your life.
1: I'm just say live your life.
3: Okay, okay, but it does open up the other thing, which oh, okay. is, I will now have to buy two lights because <laughs> and a spare
2: reel, or a spool. And just buy a spare spool and then put a super flying line on your. Glass but it's door. also just
1: as easy to buy a full new reel in the event you drop one. You have a backup, and yeah. it's only uh, you know. I did think about getting more. like a like a moss green hydros to like go. There with the go. axiom because it would look you cool, go. you know. Don't listen to us just
3: because <laughs> you look good,
2: you fish good. I
1: just <laughs> mean, because Landon is, is in training for a casting certification, <laughs> you live your life, man, right? Because I want, I want, see what I want to
2: happen if yeah, you but you're buy, telling him, him to live it, his life, it's not you, giving him advice to help his dilemma. It's, it's,
1: it's, it's an advice you buy as many. <laughs> fly lines as you want as many reels as you want i just i would love for you to just get one thing and then go catch a state record something it just so that we can like you know put it I in would, landon's face like hey it didn't matter what you had or yeah,
4: i would like you to keep your line yeah and catch <laughs> yeah, a state record. Yeah, yeah, yeah keep your I line mean, that's, that's the best option floating slash intermediate yeah. line hey, that's falling apart you know what the <laughs> falling apart line though is the one i had
3: the summer of 2022. So, I mean, yeah, there you, you go. know my lucky line. I
1: think this is this <laughs> right here should be the marker moving forward. It should be like it should be the uh, the fly line, Zach's fly line chronicles. It just, just <laughs> go ahead and tell us throughout the neck, throughout this year as we're coming to the end of January. Uh-huh. How this fly line does, how this fly line does, and the fish you land on it. Yeah. Until it just completely disintegrates. Until it's
2: completed. Just make right. this
1: the year. Just give it one good last hurrah run. There you go. And then no, 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 no. no. Here's,
2: give here, it a sweet here's, here's what on. we're doing. If you really want to go down this road, let, road, let's just, like, make it better. Go to a garage sale. Find uh-huh. a fly reel that's been in the attic for 15, 20, 25 years and oh, use yeah. whatever fly line's on there. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. For your five-way. So, let's do it. There you go. Right? I'll yeah. join you, dude. I'll go.
1: I will literally go get a $5 cane pole and car fish the rest of the year. With that cane pole. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we it brought together. backup
3: rods. It was fine.
2: Yeah, five or last what, three-weight?
1: Yeah. And I brought the rear rod. Oh, the rare but
3: rod. But
2: I'm
1: sure in the summer, that 3 would be fun as hell out there. Oh, yeah. That's what oh, it sounds yeah. like.
2: I don't know, man. I'd want to, like, if I ever go out there, if I go out there again in the no. summer, I'm taking a saltwater six-weight yeah. And, yeah. and just throwing, like, chase game changers yeah. because.
3: You lose a couple. Th-
2: You'll lose them, oh for sure. You're gonna lose some, but if there's a state record Guadalupe bass, I'm not surprised. Sean said that there are state record Guadalupe bass in San Antonio because once you see that stretch of the river, you're like,
4: holy crap!
1: Well, he said it, and, and and Chris Johnson said it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's awesome, guys. Yeah. So you
4: guys are talking about this river though. I'm not even. And then say Guadalupe bass. I'm like, not. I don't know. I picture, you know, I picture, Guad or you know. Uh-huh. Pebble, bottom, riffles, yeah. all that stuff. But what you're... I mean, the river you're describing almost sounds like it could be in Houston or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like... Yeah. You know? It's like, this sounds like my jam. I feel like there was bunch A bunch of trees by. falling into it. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly yeah. how it
3: was, man. It's great. Trees everywhere. Tires everywhere. But the flows
4: were
2: good. <laughs> Needles everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, same you know, thing.
3: Yeah. Oh, there was a lot of home,
2: moving though. water, which is like quads-like. Yeah. So it wasn't like... Okay. It wasn't like pond water. Okay. Like you think about like largemouth bass being in like... Mm. The flows were good, in my understanding, and I'm going to keep it. Start. I've been keeping an eye on the flows because that stretch we were on is wastewater discharge for the city of San Antonio. It's constant, pretty much constant flows all the time. Oh, nice! And so, if we can get that constant flow that we had all the time, there's like almost no the the river is so narrow. There's almost no like pond water. The river was flowing, and honestly, it was so nice that. Rowing-wise, you know, you get on a lot of rivers, like on the Llano, you'll get, like, you're, like, forward rowing all day just to, like, keep pace and make the takeout. Here, it was back rowing all day to slow down. Oh, okay. And just, like, slow everything down so you could, like, hit good spots. And so it was, like, the flow was good and constant. Yeah, so it really like does look, look like good Guadalupe bass water That's cool. with the flowing, moving water. Yeah, it was crazy. You Definitely talk- different.
4: Zach, you talking about the garden of truck tires. Mm-hmm. Got to check that out for long-ear beds <laughs> in the yeah. summertime. Yeah. yeah, inside each one yeah. of little things. Yeah. Yeah. Be a little, yeah. little, yeah. little pocket. There's a long-ear? Oh, yeah. Dude,
3: it was crazy. It was, it was a good float, though. Yeah. I want to go back in the summer, though. Fight out the snakes.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, man, I don't know. We Dude, they're just th- snakes. Just leave them alone. I, I will you alone. lend you my lucky machete to go with you. <laughs> Dude, snakes freak me out. Too. When I'm on a
3: when I'm on a raft, snakes freak me out cuz I'm like I got nowhere to go. Like yeah. if it makes it in here, I'm just going to like get yeah, to fight it. Yeah, exactly. Fight it off, <laughs> yeah. right? It's gonna come sh- to fisticuffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. I just need to drop
2: re- you guys off in the middle of rattlesnake country and no, let you kill no a couple no. snakes, and you'll get over your fear. Is that would
1: we'll come out with boots and leather jackets, and we we'll be like this or snake jackets, and we'll be like, "Right, we're men now." I'd be like, "Snakes, do you like them or <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> It is. It is not to freak you guys out, but it is a self-bailing boat, so you know a snake could wiggle up into <laughs> the floor Yeah, and no, it freak- Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what keep freaking me out.
3: <laughs> no, and that's like we don't need a machete because it's an aircraft, so we need. Like a big old bat. You also,
2: know? we could have died. Remember that tree that was like barely hanging on and we were going under it? Oh, yeah, And yeah. it was like...
3: Rrr. Yeah, we got a fly stuck in one, this one tree, right? And so we go over to it and I'm, I I put my hand on it to like stabilize. like, so And then this fly. whole thing shifts <laughs> and it
2: starts making noises. And I look up and it's this tree like probably... 100 pounds worth of tree yeah, at oh least. More than that, yeah. And it was like barely hanging on to... Just like
3: part of the bark. <laughs> <To> part <laughs> of the bark. still not broken off yet. So oh. we were like,
2: oh, let's let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we got the fly though. It we would have did. been awkward coming today just you and me talking. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. If anyone knows where <laughs> the two guys are, I will give you... <laughs> we have a new, we have a new uh, uh, competition going on right now. If you could find Landon and Zach, I will <laughs> donate flies. <laughs> But make sure I, you need a picture and fill out a form. And fill out yeah. form online. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> i seen in a Smith fly raft. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: uh, San Antonio? So, Gabe, you said you had a good story about your fishing yeah, trip.
1: Yeah, so I uh, went out to Action Angler on Saturday morning. Um, snuck out. Went to, uh, you know, make make the runs. You know, went to, uh, what's that stupid place? Uh, a Bucky's, right? First thing in the morning. That got out stupid there. place? And then you said I couldn't think of my head. That yeah. doesn't. Well, I... I it was the first time that I went to Bucky's and had a very bad experience. Wait, <gasps> why? What? So you know, went to the restroom, not a big deal. Uh, well, was, that's the best was, part. Yeah, was that I mean, your bad had experience? Your <laughs> they were out. Toilet paper? No No. way. No. Yeah, and
4: then so I was like, okay, well, did you leave
1: a Google review? I'm going to.
4: Because you're in a fortress, you can't ask anybody. So (laughs) I, so I walked. You do waddle. So I (laughs) waddle over.
3: Waddle over to door number two. Throw me a (laughs) roll. Yeah, yeah. It's like
0: you're in.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you have to open the door. There's like no space. It was like tornado shelter. It was six thirty. Six thirty
1: in the morning. So there's like no one really there, and you know, I'm like. Anybody out there? (laughs) And so I go to you know I go to door number two. I can't get out. Okay, so you did you waddled out. Go to door number two. My question is, did you
3: you fully pull up? (laughs) I, I yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know yeah what I,
1: mean? I, I like I did the little shuffle, little know, shuffle I mean, I mean. my <laughs> pants halfway up little shuffle yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah to like, go like, run and get another you know, toilet paper I know like, people do that it's
3: did you okay. go full bare you know or did
1: you go like <laughs> it just, wasn't bad I was, just underwear or like underwear pants you know I I just let's just say I walked to door number two uh huh door number two when you opened it looked like a uh, transient. <laughs> had had gone through three bags of of baby wipes to do a shower, and so in the corner of it was just a mound <laughs> and no toilet paper. So you grabbed one of the wipes. No. <laughs> no, no. Luckily at Bucky's you have more doors. Door number three <laughs> was Behind obviously door number three. was the winner. Uh-huh. But it was just like what the hell? Like how does that happen? Yeah. I I I don't know. I was I dumbfounded
4: you will probably get an email after they hear this podcast. Yeah, I was, right. I was very, I was <laughs> very <laughs> lost in that exactly. one. Um, get a lifetime supply of Beaver Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, Sorry I know, right? The Sorry the in- for the <laughs> inconvenience, <laughs> in- <laughs> <laughs> sir. Uh, okay.
1: But no, I, I grabbed a, I grabbed a, a biscuit, a breakfast biscuit this go around. The bis- breakfast biscuits are okay. I think their tacos are the way to go. Um, and I will say, I didn't realize their tacos are like $5 now, almost, for like a bacon and egg taco. What? Yeah, they were expensive. Dang. It was like at least, I want to say at least $4 for, for the bacon and egg, and then one of the rhinos were maybe 5
2: Yeah, but everything in Bucky's is expensive. You go to Bucky's and you go to the checkout, and they're like 55 63 and you're like.
1: Oh, so you think? I've always thought Bucky's has been
3: like no. relatively affordable. I'm always no.
2: surprised by what the total is. I'm like,
3: but then again, I am the wine
1: drinker, so
2: yeah, yeah, it was
4: just okay. So that, that started the weird <laughs> thing.
1: So, like, I and then so I get to Action Angler, I get down there, um, you know, find a spot. It's early enough, and there's really no one out there, and um, I'm, I'm fishing upriver, and f- first cast. If not second cast was another sucker.
2: Food. Wait, was it the first cast or was it the second it cast? That's important. That's
1: very important. Probably the first, actually. No, it was, I'm gonna go with second. <laughs> okay. Second cast. If it was the
2: first cast, you would know for sure. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's
1: true. Uh, it might be the third cast actually. There's a lot of <laughs> stuff that happened that day, so
0: like I was just out. I'm glad. That's
1: right. Okay, so second cast. The of, probably a little the itchy, you know. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> a little waddle, a little waddle out. <laughs> and, you know, and have had a good day. I will say I will say this when you're out on the water and you have extra stuff, share. There was a group of guys that were walking by. And as they were walking by, one of the guys was, was asking if anyone had any extra leaders. So. um the guy's like, I don't, you know, I don't have any. Not he wanted like a five, a five x.
2: Sorry, I had to use the packaging yeah. his toilet paper. I had to use the packaging <laughs> the toilet paper this morning. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, <had laughs> I, was like, yeah, I,
1: I dude, hey, come over, I got you something. And it turns out that this gentleman is like, I don't know, he's got like ten thousand followers on Instagram, and he takes. His, he is gets, that Odom? No, you don't know no, who Odom no, is. No, no. <laughs> and, but he does photography for. For like hotels. Oh,
3: sure, that's an Odom. No, I'm, no, this guy. Yeah, no, no, we love it. you, Odom.
1: Uh, and uh, and so that was a, that was a cool cool conversation to have with them, and you know, I I messaged him later, and they they caught fish on that. So they were taking a, a nephew out to, to fish, and, and he was very appreciative. And um, and as I was walking back, you know, ran into a kid, and he's he's casting. By the bridge. And his cast kind of looks weird. The cast itself, like how the rod loaded everything, it looked weird. It didn't look like it was supposed to. So yeah, I talked to him. and, and uh, It was I a was, spinning uh, rod? No. It, he <laughs> bought. <laughs> that was the messed up leader he gave <laughs> Yeah. <they're> saying, yeah <laughs> <that's> <laughs> it. No, this is a completely different kid. He had bought that like $50 medalist thing. This was his first time out. And the tip of it was broken. He didn't have a tip on the end of that rod, and he was still out there trying to cast. Wait, what? Good for him. Yeah. I was like, he was like, hey. <laughs> I'm serious, I mean,
2: <laughs> you got to fish. You got to fish. Yeah, you got to fish. You got to fish.
1: So, uh, you know, talk to him about it. I'm like, man, it's going to get easier, I promise you. Like, <laughs> you just go take this back to Cabela's, you know, and, and just say, hey, when you got it out of the box, it was broken. <laughs> And uh, cause they'll, they'll it's
2: like, I worked there for 14 years. Yeah. So no, it's I, like I Walmart. Know they'll both. take it back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many times we've seen waiters come back and we're like, dude, this looks like it's been used like <laughs> 20 times downtown San Antonio and yeah. smelled and everything. And so uh, we we get out of the river together. We're talking. He it just so happened. That he parked next to my vehicle and I'm loading stuff up and I put my rod and I put my net on top of the car like I normally do on the on the top, <gasps> oh no. and I have my hatch open, and I'm, we're talking, and we're putting the clothes off, and all that stuff, and um, uh, you know, taking the waiters, putting them away, we're talking, say, hey, see you later, bud, and I back out, and I start driving down, and as I drive <laughs> down to pull out, there goes a bicyclist, so now I'm stuck behind this bicycle, bicyclist. Oh, I thought you
2: said your net took out a bicycle. No, <laughs> not, not yet. <laughs> right not now? Yet. I'm, Spokes. Not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done. Uh, um, no. so I'm not done.
1: So I am I get behind this guy, and as you're driving out, obviously there's curves and stuff, so there's not a way to really pass him. And I'm barely going like 15, 20, 20 miles an hour. And if it was
2: Lance Armstrong...
1: This guy was not Lance Armstrong, <laughs> and I was like, "Here, here comes a hill, Now I'm really gonna get stuck because I can't pass him because there's a there's a you know a blind turn on the other end, so there's no way you know it'd be quick enough." And you know, as you're driving through trees, sometimes branches fall right, and you, <laughs> you kind of feel you hear stuff on the top of the of the car, mm-hmm. and and I that's how I kind of like I heard it the first time. And I was like that. Huh, that's weird and I kept driving and kept driving turn the music up yeah and and finally yeah, I, I, had, I had music on right? but you could, <laughs> I don't know and means, I remember. keep seeing the bicycle is kind of like he keeps looking behind him and he's looking beh- like at me and I'm like yeah I know you're gonna I'm, you're gonna wave me up it's not a big deal but he keeps looking behind me he keeps looking behind me so finally I get to a spot where I'm able to accelerate and I get past him. And again, as I'm passing, kind of just like he doesn't look at me like like he's mad about it. He just kinda it's a weird look. And I, I keep going and I hear something again, <laughs> like, kind of move on the back. I'm like, wait a second, that didn't sound right. And it just hits you. You're like, Oh shit, my stuff's still on the top of the car. <laughs> so I pull over real quick. I get out, and literally what saved the rod and the net from coming out is the antenna for the for the uh, the radio? satellite radio. Yeah. So it oh, when it wow. slid back it hit and actually my rod was at a 90 degree angle wow. so you the, could have taken the cyclist out. If another <laughs> car yeah, if another car driven coming, you know, in the opposite direction, you, you probably would have hit that car cuz yeah. I had the I had the 10 and a half foot ten car or a uh, car. 10 and a half, uh, <laughs> Euro nymph rod sticking <laughs> off on the side. It was. I was just like, wow. And so, uh, to me, that was all karma about you know saving, sharing stuff, and talking with people, and being helpful. That I didn't lose all my shit down River Road. Oh yeah. I was gonna
2: say the moral of the story is that
1: no good deed goes unpunished.
2: No, if you (laughs) if you start your day off with no toilet paper, it's gonna be a shitty day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: man. Oh, it was just like. Maybe I shouldn't go fishing today. Maybe I should just, you know, <laughs> call it a day. So, yeah, I was all, I don't know, man. It was, nice. I mean, it was crazy. So, t- when you're leaving, always check the roof of your vehicles that uh, you don't have stuff on the top of it. i done yeah, that it a, a couple time.
4: times, too. I just put something this past year. I remember I put my reel on the hood of my car, started going down I-45, Going back to Houston and it like flew into the windshield and then rolled off like in that little (laughs) uh, like rolled off into the side and it was just like teetering on the edge and you're, you're going like 75 miles an hour. I oh think that's worse. Like you, you, you could see it oh, while yeah. you're driving. Oh, yeah. and you're I was like, like <laughs> watching it, and shaking. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Hazards on, <laughs> slamming on the brakes like everybody else on that road. Have you, have you ever like done something
2: like yeah, that? Yeah, like, I
3: don't leave it on the roof of my car, but I've left things on the fenders of my Jeep. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, front. You know, yeah. it makes it like, the perfect little platform to put yeah. things on. So I've especially lost, on the Jeep. Yeah, I've lost two things. I've lost a Yeti cup, mm-hmm. like uh, the the handled one. And I lost a pair of uh, Costas one time. Oh, Yep. I took them on. I was, like, working. I, I was working on the engine or something, and I, I put my sunglasses off and put them on the fender. And then I hopped in and I went somewhere. But forgot about it. Just.
2: I have a question. That makes me think. Have you guys been looking for something in years and years and years you think is magically going to pop up?
1: Yeah, and it does when you're moving or you're doing something. Well, like, <laughs> I have a, a pair of
2: Ray-Ban did. sunglasses. I saved up a bunch of money in high school to buy. Uh-huh. I thought they were the coolest thing. So they randomly disappeared. Uh-huh. I, this was like I haven't seen them in probably like twelve years. I still feel like they're going to pop up somewhere. Somehow, Are you still part,
1: you still think they're going to happen?
2: I, it enters my thoughts every it's, once in a while. It's
1: probably Someplace dumb that you're just like as soon as like man, I really, yeah, really like wish, a wish garbage I had those right there. Garbage. Really wish
2: I had my aviators back.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you look good in aviators. How do you, how do you feel
3: you looked in aviators? That's I look good. Part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. right I go. Go. was a lifeguard. That's you the know what? Live your life as well. Exactly. You live your life. Yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> we all do the things we want.
4: Steve, <laughs> yeah, I also lost a section of my uranium rod on... Well, you didn't lose it, but I did lose it when I was fishing the quad. Yeah. Took it apart, did the same thing, put it on the roof okay. of my car, found three pieces. Oh, man. Did
2: the company, did you be like, hey, this is what happened, they warranty it? Or no?
4: It might still be you know what three you pieces. You might not have
1: anything to lose. What, what rod was it?
4: You know? It's an Echo. It might I be worth know. doing a warranty. I don't know what they part Oh no, is. you know what I did buy? I bought the section from them, I think. Okay. Oh, I'm usually pretty good about that. I hate it when you're like, "Oh, I'm going to go grab this rod," and you're Damn. like, oh, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to repair the whatever yeah. section." Yeah. <laughs> which
3: Echo did you get? Or which Echo is it?
4: Can't remember. It's it's their Euro nymph. Mm. One of their Euro nymphs. I don't yeah. know how many they have, but yeah.
1: Yeah. I oh, love that rod. I mean, it, it, it's a Cortland competition. So like it wouldn't have hurt Ooh, if it, you know. But the real <laughs> but the real is a lamps and old school lamps and light speed. That nice. would have sucked. So yeah, that yeah. Would have, that would have sucked. Oh well. Lesson learned. And what was the lesson? Don't talk to anybody on the river. <laughs> Tell them to Don't piss help off. Anybody. Don't <laughs> help anybody. <laughs> Take your own toilet Charmin toilet paper to <laughs> <laughs> You know what? That would have been hilarious if, like, someone had to like literally shimmy out of the bathroom to go and go and pull one from the shelf. <laughs> you could have just yelled. I bet you just like yelled. Somebody would help you. Oh, <laughs> well. <laughs> well, truthfully, I don't think they could have rolled it underneath because I don't think the gap is that it's big. Not. It's well, literally. What a about portrait. above, though? No, because no, there's it no gap. Up, there's it's no literally. Gap, so it's so at you're, the bottom. You're in a little there's closet. No above. Yeah.
2: They should have an attendant button.
1: I really think. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a ginger ale and uh, s- some peanuts, please. I really think that the jump in COVID numbers are equally related to the amount of traffic that Bucky's had. Like a positive <laughs> or negative? I think. I think there is a ton of I'll crap ton of people that got COVID from the bathroom stalls. Um, Bucky's, yeah, because uh, they're so you're so like there's huh, really no not a lot of it, no circulation. Yeah. Yeah, that, you're, the the air is in there, it's in there. And I they would they say,
2: found... I would say no. I would say that <laughs> they clean like every time I go to Bucky's, they're like always cleaning the bathrooms. And then but the also, second thing is, I would say my so odds are much higher at any Shell, Chevron, gas, nasty gas station to get yeah. COVID. I don't know, but also Bucky's. like
3: COVID was in fecal particles, so. Yeah,
1: you know. that. so that's th- and that's the thing. You're I think. Yeah, so you mine, were waddling around. Spread COVID. I had driven sniffing to, Dallas. <laughs> I I mean, had driven to Dallas and I stopped at the the New Brothels one and the Temple one. Uh huh. And? and I think I got it from the Temple one. Oh uh, yeah. Because there was a sh- that was during like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, actually, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. Regardless, there was a ton of people uh, in and out of that place.
2: Speaking of COVID, did yeah, you got. see the real recovery changes? I
1: did. I'm excited about that. I'm just hoping to see. We that. can talk
2: about that more yeah. off air. I just that randomly came in my head. No,
1: I already, I've already reached out. Uh, well, we'll we'll talk about yeah. that after. But yeah, that was. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm glad they, they did.
2: Cool, Robert. Let's talk about your what your projects. You okay. want to start? You want to talk about the future first or the past first?
4: Doesn't matter to me. Okay, let's yeah, talk about the pick.
2: past first. So you wrote a book called Fly Fishing the Sam. Yep. Will you kind of like walk us through the this and the yeah, history yeah. and the decision to write a book and kind of just walk us through the whole process.
4: Yeah. Um, so Flyfish fish the same was it's self-published. Um, I just, I had an outdoor journal, you know, that I would always keep, uh, hunting spots in or, or, you know, days that I went out and saw this or that, or, um, you know, fishing spots, even foraging spots, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just, you know, going up to Sam Houston National Forest, which to Houston, that's the closest national forest that we that we have. You know, we're an hour to an hour and a half from Sam Houston National okay. Forest, so it's an easy day trip. A lot of people go up there hike. You know, Lake Conroe, the northern end of Lake Conroe. How is, big is it? Uh, it's pretty good
3: size, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's decent. Um, I think it might be the smallest one though in in Texas of the national forests. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Well, that wouldn't surprise. Big Bend <coughs> is. Well, Big Ben National Park. Yeah, I mean it's Park, not a national yeah. forest, but
3: Yeah. Um I, but with, I, all, I the, with all the trees, it just throws me off that it's I uh, have it right in the
4: beginning there, that book, how many acres it is, but you know. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. But anyway, yeah, so it was just, you know, going up there all the time, messing around, uh, hunting up there. Um that's that's kinda how it all started, just hunting up there and then walking these creeks and then just saying, um, like, Oh, I wonder if there's fish in here. Yeah. And 161,500 yep. acres. Yep. Wow. Um, and, yeah, just, you know, started fly fishing up there and kind of, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, and so I got I got started fly fishing, just blue lining, you know, up in northern Pennsylvania, just looking at topos and picking creeks and just exploring them over the weekends and trying to find native brookies and, and all that. And so just kind of taking that same concept to... National Forest down here. You know here. what... Okay, I'm not... This
3: is uh, off topic a little bit. You know what's so weird? I have a buddy who, like is from Pennsylvania, went Mm. to Penn State, Mm. and you reminded him just, and like literally right before you said you're from the Pennsylvania area, I was like, I wonder if he has any connection to Pennsylvania. (laughs) Like, no joke, in my mind, literally, I was like, I wonder if he has any connection. And you're like, I'm from Pennsylvania. I was like, oh, that's creepy, man. That's weird. (laughs) Yeah, that is weird. I wonder what it is. (laughs) You guys all just have the same face.
4: Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah but anyway, I just uh started it like that, just blue lining up there and exploring and I mean there's tons of little creeks up there, and it was just a ton of fun and I just wanted to just showcase that you can basically blue line anywhere you know it's you don't have to doesn't have to be native brook trout or or native cutties or whatever up in New Mexico or Colorado it yeah. can be Longear sunfish, warmouth, spotted bass. You know, I mean, spotted bass are our, are our, blue lining top dog predator. I'd say for those creeks. Um, is there just
2: a lot of small creeks and streams, or is yeah. there like? Yeah. I mean, the Trinity is further west, where I can see from the map. Um, uh, yeah. You have east. Lake Con, or I'm sorry, east. You have uh, Lake Conroe, mm-hmm. and it looks like a pretty decent mouth of the lake goes into the national forest. Yeah, that man. pretty
4: much that whole northern section of Lake Conroe is surrounded yeah. by national forest there. Yeah, but I actually didn't go into to Lake Conroe at all in fly fishing the Sam. I went into it um, in the new book, um, Fly Fishing Houston in Southeastern Texas. But uh, I wanted to stick to the creeks because I just felt like it was all you needed was a pair of hiking boots. Yep. and you know a three weight. And that was the other fun thing is like, man, I got to break out the three weight again. And then you know, break out the three weight, break out the two weight, fish. Super small, you know, bugs and and it was uh, it was just fun to go up there and explore. And then well, what made it extra fun was that it's a polyculture, so it's you know, it's not just one species of fish. Yeah, it's, you're catching all kinds of different mm-hmm. panfish. And I, honestly, I never even gave panfish or like what I um, the the genus Lipomus. I never gave them any kind of thought really you know it was kind of like oh yeah i caught a bluegill okay let's wait for the bass but then you get up there and you're like oh my gosh if you just downsize your your tackle i mean these these long ear they're hitting dries you yeah. know they're uh dry droppers and it, it just got to be a lot of fun and they're beautiful you know once yeah. i just actually stopped and looked at them it was like oh wow what's I-
3: what's crazy is that if they were harder to catch they would actually have more respect
4: yeah, you're you probably I mean? right, but <laughs> you know what? But like, like brook trout. You know, you float pretty much anything by a brook trout, and it's, it's crushing it. it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like going airborne to get that thing. <laughs> you know, and um, uh, I found the same thing up there with those fish, especially long ears. Yeah, long ears are just awesome. It, it is
2: nice <laughs> though, uh, having some fish that will crush anything, like brook trout or like panfish. But then also. Some fish are extremely difficult to catch. I need think you need both because some yep. days you need like I need to go catch some fish, right? And then sometimes you're like, oh gosh, I need to like dial in carp and like work my butt mm-hmm. off to catch a fish. Gone. So like it's nice that we have that variety of being able to be like, oh yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. what's awesome about Texas. It's kind of nice that not every fish is really difficult. Yeah, Oh yeah, yeah. For sure. yeah,
4: yeah. I mean, if you want to go catch carp in gin clear water out here, it's like mean, get, mean, that's pretty tough. Yeah, you gotta earn it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: <clears throat> um, so these, these are questions that are going to be for my wife because she's actually writing a book, not a guidebook, um, but you said you self-published this. Yeah. So talk to us about the self-publishing process and yes. what that's like. Cause this, this book, I mean, I, this is the first time I've seen it. I've, I've already looked through your other book, which is going through a publisher, um, <laughs> Well, this is really nice. Yeah, straight. straight you got uh, QR codes and great pictures yeah, like in yeah. here. And, and even your great introduction maps. of like,
3: you know, your breaking down of like how to use the book, like different yeah, ways thanks, of. And uh, then in the back, it. you
2: can like track your species that you catch out there. Um, it's, it's pretty sweet. So, like, this seems like you put a lot of work into it, one. And then how was the self publishing process?
4: Yeah, so I used uh, Ingram Spark, which is a print on demand um, publishing self publishing yeah. company thing I don't, so I'd, i i went through them and what was nice about them is as soon as you publish with them they automatically send your title to like amazon or barnes and noble or whatever so you can buy this book on on amazon um, and i didn't set up an amazon account ingram spark did that for me but um, you pretty much you need to look at adobe indesign uh, I kind of had to learn some Adobe products, on like how to actually put your, oh, yeah, your pages together, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How, how to do the layout. Um, just uh, yeah, that was that was all done in Adobe InDesign, and then you basically just create the whole document and then send it to Ingram Spark, and then there will be a couple iterations. They'll send it back to you, say like this trim isn't working for us, or you got to resize your pages and all that. So there there was a lot of back and forth and kind of moving around text, moving around pictures and things like yeah. that. But, um, uh, it got a little tedious towards the end, but, I mean, it's, you know, it's now a project like be- anything else. You yeah. Just, did, you was there a big it.
2: cost that you had to put into it to self-publish?
4: Um, there was a cost, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was, it was decent for me, um, the, the cost to, to actually self-publish the book. Um, but I wasn't, it was uh, like a hobby that – or a project that went right. rogue, you know. it was. I didn't really – it didn't bother me that yeah. I had to put that money in. Like, you
3: wanted to it. do that to kind of see your project kind of come to the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah.
4: And also, it was just like, man, this is a resource that isn't getting a lot of use up here. I mean, people kind of poo-poo same Houston National Forest in a lot of ways, too. It's like if you hunt up there, there's a lot of people that hunt up there. So yeah. people don't like hunting up there because it's just – Everyb- you and a lot of people. It's, know, well, it's one of the only
3: public spots around that area. For, yeah, Because exactly. you you can actually hunt deer. Yep. yep. In the national forest. Yeah. Uh, national
4: forest oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it. I mean, it gets hammered from that perspective. So it, it gets a lot of flack. But then it's like, man, as soon as all those people leave, then it's just like, man, you got all these little creeks and stuff up there that yeah. just bring you two weight. And, have a blast. <clears throat> now, I'm curious about the hunting. Have you ever
3: hunted it before? Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, they have uh, certain weeks that they close the park down for recreation except for hunting. Or is it a draw system?
4: No, it's not a draw system. And the only thing that they close down in in general mm-hmm. is, is camping. So you can still camp up there, but you have to camp in in designated areas.
3: Gotcha. Can you go hiking all across still uh, while
4: the hunters are out? Uh, you can use the Lone Star Hiking Trail, which uh-huh. is the longest contiguous hiking trail in Texas. Um, you can still use that during hunting season. It just you know, wear orange and, and right, all Right, right, right. And um, I'm pretty sure that you're still allowed to camp along the trail, but don't quote me on that. I, I, I might be wrong on right, that. Right. You right. might, you might. I check your to regulations before you go out there. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, um, there are designated hunter camps. They call them that. If you drive in from. Austin or, or here, mm-hmm. you know, you can stay at these hunter camps, and it, all it is is just, you know, an area in the woods. Right. It's like camping in any other national forest. It's just right. there's no amenities, no nothing. Just a spot you can yeah. pitch a tent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean there are sections that have amenities like Stubblefield Recreational Area, um, uh, blank Double Lake is another one. Um, so you can go there and they've got bathrooms and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But uh, there's other hunter camps that's just real rustic and that's cool.
2: Yeah. Now, have you been happy with you? You went through the self publishing process. Obviously, you want to sell books. Yeah. Um, have you been surprised, happy with the amount of copies of the books that you've sold? Like, what are your yeah. thoughts uh, on that?
4: Yeah, I'm super happy with it. Um, I didn't expect anybody to buy it other than my parents and my grandma. So. <laughs> 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 no, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've met a lot of really cool people through it, um, you know, people that I never would have thought that I would have got to know or, or talked to, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that little book kind of opened up this book, Fly fishing in Houston in Southeastern Texas, and it was just, yeah, it kind of set me on a, a path that's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. It's great that you're mentioning that, because, like, I had just messaged a buddy who had gone, we were talking before the podcast, uh, he d- recently just gone, uh, you know, woodcock hunting, yeah. up there, you know, at the the National yeah, Forest, awesome. and then to find out this is the same place he kind of, within the areas that he went, and when I texted him a picture of the book, he's all, he was already asking me about, like, oh, man, it's cool, and, you know, oh, di- cool. didn't think that those things, uh, you could, you could feel the wheel turning, I'm like, hey, if I do this again next year, you know, we've got resources to be able to not only go hunting but also now be able to make marks and take the fly rods you know yeah and yeah kill two birds with one stone so yeah that's that's pretty solid
4: yeah that's awesome and are you talking about the woodcocks too that's that's like another thing that we get these like massive migrations of woodcocks and i don't know i know nothing th- about that and about then them. and he's like <laughs> hey we're gonna we're gonna go and do this i'm like are you i mean it's an upland bird. I mean, it's so cool. It's an yeah. like upland bird you can use with dogs, I mean, and yeah. and to use Super twenty-eight cool.
1: gauge, you know, shotguns, yeah. and, and and go and bust them up. So, uh, yeah, we're we're already planning a trip to do it next year. That's awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. But exactly, like you, you don't hear very much about that, ha- you know, happening. And like yeah. you said, he, he they did some something. They only said there was about fifteen hundred people that actually went on, right, a, right. on a on a hunt like that, yeah. and not even the amount of people that actually shot something I'm sure would, would be even smaller. So,
4: yeah, yeah. They're a super tough bird to shoot, especially they're, they're living in like the scrubbiest. Yeah. And he,
1: he was saying that the way that they jump and they move, it's just they oh, Yeah. It, it's almost like launching birds from a, you know, from like a bird launcher and you don't <laughs> know where they're going to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just some were low, some jump high. It's it, uh, I don't know. It seemed like a really neat,
4: thing to have access to within the state that's what's cool about the eastern part of the state is that it's not just Sam houston national forest either there's davy crockett there's angelina there's sabine um you know those are all on the eastern side of the state and it's like just you can hit them all i mean it from houston i think davy crockett is the next closest one and that takes me three hours to get to that one i'm really sure yeah yeah um but i would still do day trips up there yeah if we would when we go squirrel hunting and stuff up um, up in that area, we would still make it into a day trip. So
2: it's cool too. You have some like Texas history in here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah
4: Like little, I, 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 I
2: love. Hi- I, I was a history major, so oh like nice. Yeah, it's reading them, um, I would eat this stuff up too.
4: Well, it's just the um, yeah, that that Winter's Bayou is named after uh, a guy named James Winter, and I just wanted to know why it was called Winter's Bayou, and it's named after that guy who had a had a homestead up there, and he fought at the uh, San Jacinto. So. Pretty neat. And his picture. Yeah, and I found his yeah, picture. Yeah. Yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. How long did it take you to put this together? This book? That took me, just the book itself probably took me a year. Okay. But I mean,
2: were you I, working on it? Like, how much time were you putting into it? A week, if you were to guess. Uh, averaged out over a year.
4: Eight hours, maybe? Yeah. A week. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. I still it. have a normal job, you know, that I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, but when it comes to passion,
4: it's it, yeah, it just right. kind of that's why it's hard for me to gauge it because right. I'd be like, oh, I just enjoyed working on yeah. it. I yeah, you want to think about it, you're yeah. just like, oh, I got some time. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, the as far as the information that is in it, I mean, I moved here, yeah, years. I moved to Houston in 2014, so it's it's been you know, a long, a long, yeah, time. Maybe and that's just like you said, you took,
3: took those notes and yeah, and with,
4: yeah, yeah, great idea.
2: Now you said you are into squirrel hunting as well. Yeah, yeah. Was that something you brought from Pennsylvania?
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I yeah did a lot of squirrel, little well, small game in general, up in Pennsylvania. So talk
2: to us about squirrel hunting. We I don't think we've talked about that on the podcast no. before. So what is that like?
4: Um, well, I got really into when I got a dog um, that I trained up for squirrels, and that like then that became <laughs> super fun. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, what kind of dog? It is actually it's a mutt, but I am pretty sure it's a Lacy dog. Uh colored lacy. And so they're mainly pig dogs, but uh, I got her trained for squirrels. And, you know, I know nothing about this. I'm, you know, it's not, I'm not, I'm not a big squirrel-hunter guy. You know, I don't have, like, the Fausts and all that stuff that, you know. But I just started training her for squirrels, and she <laughs> latched onto it how do you, How quick. do you
1: do that? How do you train a a, a <laughs> a big yeah. dog <laughs> yeah, yeah to be squir- I mean are you picking up dead squirrels on the street And be like okay hey we're gonna be tossing that for <laughs> this is what we're no, so
4: fighting yeah. yeah
2: throw it in the freezer and uh
4: yeah well' I'm basically so it started off like I went out just by myself shot a squirrel um uh, took its tail. And she was a pup at the time, and so I was, like, putting it in her face and, like, playing with her, with it, making her super excited and interested about it. Uh-huh. And um, so, it, you know, started off with that, like, associating okay. that smell with something fun. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then I shot a squirrel, skinned it, put, put the skin in the freezer, and then the next step was to tie that to a string, and I just, like, took her to a big um, uh, wooded area and kind of drug the, the carcass on the string and then hung it in a tree and then I took her out. Well, this, I mean, th- this was over like months. Right, of, right. You know, stuff. Stuff. I just did not want. You just picked it up. No problem. Yeah. But like, so then, then eventually I got her like following the squirrel or at least, at least going to the tree that I drugged the squirrel, carcass up to Uh, i couldn't recognize it's up in the tree but at least like hey this smell went here yeah yeah and then the then the cool part was that like i threw the I had a piece of paracord and i like threw it up over a branch and i would like move it up and down i'd like hold it you know hold the paracord and move move it up and down to kind of like this thing that is fun goes up this tree (laughs) and uh, and then oh and before all this i taught her the the speak command so like whenever she got to the base of the tree and she's like this fun thing is up the tree then it was speak and so then I taught her to bark, cause the squirrel dogger doesn't bark. Is <laughs> just a dog. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, just a dog that chases squirrels. It's a yeah. dog so in the woods. Every yeah. dog. It's a dog yeah. in the woods. My, my dog's a squirrel dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but um, and then eventually the last step was I live trapped a squirrel and I had it in the cage and I put the cage on the ground. You know, got her all. Excited about it, um, then I put the cage in the tr- in a tree in like the the nook of a tree, mm. and you know she's freaking out like loving it. And then I let the squirrel go, mm. and then once I let the squirrel go, it ran into a tree, and she went after it, barked at the base of the tree, and I was like, oh my gosh, this, <laughs> yeah. I can't she believe this worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then I took her out the first time hunting, and I think we shot like five squirrels. Yeah, and I was like, there's a good day for me without a dog would have been seeing one and not even shooting. <laughs> yeah. like yeah. two squirrels. You know? like, oh, sweet. <laughs> and we caught, we, we shot five squirrels and I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then I showed my buddies and then it was like every weekend, they're like, Oh, let's go squirrel. Let's go yeah. Yeah, Cause it they just get your dog out." So, so it so totally changed. Now what that? are you shooting
2: the squirrels with?
4: Uh, 20 or uh, 12 gauge. 12 gauge. Yeah. 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 Nice. And like, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, I would rather have the 12 gauge, and maybe it would be overkill. Then, like, because what are the typical uh, options? Typically, people do twenty, four, ten. Yeah, but you could, you, uh, yeah,
1: you could do a twelve with like seven and a half.
4: Well, I found that the that the bigger BBs, okay, that uh, like number fours, okay. actually, you're I'm, really knocking it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm better off with that because yeah, yeah. they are so no, tough. no, no, fair, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm just yeah. And, and some people even use
3: twenty twos, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, twenty twos. But the thing is, is that I do not like shooting a twenty two in the air. Because yeah. if you miss the squirrel it's and tra- it's up on the tree, it flies a mile and beyond. That's what they, it's what's embedded in my head from hunter safety course. No, no, that's how far th- does twenty two fly? Mile and beyond. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mile and beyond. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of shooting tw- uh, twenty two. No, I think that's a great there, point to bring
3: yeah. up. Yeah, you have to be aware of that. Yeah. So,
4: um, and then the other thing is that uh, you know, leaves don't fall off these trees until now. You know, so it's like we had months of hunting where. They're just up in there, and they're, like, cruising. They're cruising from treetop to treetop as fast as they can. I mean, and a lot of times it's, like, it's almost like a duck hunt because this thing is just hauling from treetop to treetop, and the dog is after it on the ground, and she's, like, bounding, barking along the way because she's watching it Mm -hmm. jump from tree to tree, and you get you and your buddies, and you're all, like, running through the woods after (laughs) it. Which makes even more
1: sense on the shot because – because, A, you're not as close, and that thing's hauling yep. within a bunch of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you get a little more speed, a little, a little more little velocity. Yeah. A little yeah. too, yeah.
3: So
2: yeah. Then does she, uh, does your dog retrieve the squirrels well, or no?
4: No, she does not retrieve. She munches them when they fall. You <laughs> so know? you got to yeah. get your yeah. 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 <laughs> So she'll, she'll tell you that where the squirrel is, but that's because she's like... All right, there's this thing. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna lean it, it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, that's the other cool part. I just remembered is like when you when you get to the to the tree, it's it's best with two people because you get a buddy that goes to the base of the tree, and it's almost and it's East Texas. There's like vines everywhere, and so you almost always can find a vine or like another smaller tree that runs up and runs into the big tree that the squirrel is in. And you just grab that thing and start like shaking it. Mm. Because a lot of times you can't see the squirrel way up there. Oh, really? It's it's like hunkered down. It's grabbing onto a limb or it's like just standing stark still. And um, so you just got to get him to move a little bit, show show you where he's at. Mm. So the guy that's standing kind of further back looking at the tree, he kind of waits for the guy to shake the vine. And then, then the squirrel bursts out and yeah. runs over to another tree. And yeah, what that sounds your, fun. Actually, yeah, yeah. No, oh yeah. I, cool. I want to do this. What are your favorite recipes for squirrel? So, that's the other. I understand why people shoot them with, with twenty twos and stuff because sometimes that twelve gauge blows them up a little bit. So I, I like picking the meat, mm-hmm. and that that can be a problem when you shoot them with twelve gauge close. You know, you, you pick the meat and you're getting a lot of bone particles and stuff in it. But um, chili. Chili's okay, usually right, what I yeah. like. Yeah, so I'll, I'll run them through like a crock pot or something mm-hmm. so the meat's falling off the bone. Yep. And then I'll just take, you know, if I shot four or five squirrels, I'll take all those carcasses and I'll pick the bone or the, the meat you, off are the you bone. Just,
1: are you doing that with like, are you flavoring that water with like onion and other aromatics or are you just...
4: On the next step, like when okay. I dump that all into chili, that's when I do like, yeah, all the
3: chili But at this point you're literally, just,
1: you're literally just cooking the meat,
4: yeah. boiling it, breaking it I'm down. I'm just trying to get that meat off the yeah, bone. Okay. Um, but yeah like uh, tacos too we do squirrel tacos because
1: um, you always hear where they're they're doing a lot of aromatics and onions almost like you're 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 um, doing it as if you were making uh like stock you know with, yeah, like yeah. chicken and yeah. stuff and, and at that point I just hadn't heard that you just do it in water first to get it going and and so you're able to pull and then and then finishing it off within your your spices to do a chili or something like
4: that yeah I mean that's the way that I Do it. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, just ask. That's that's the since we're all foodies here. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I would do: Heinerbach beer and onions, (laughs) and and then start pulling it off. But yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was all. Really, haven't done much score hunting this year, and I didn't do that much last year because I was doing a lot with the writing and stuff. But um, so. Yeah, I kind of miss it. My dog's out of shape. I mean, she's old <laughs> now, too. She's eight years old, so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, it sounds like fun. Um, so, how did you get into fly fishing? Um, I got into it uh, living in Pennsylvania, living in uh, um, northern Pennsylvania, uh, it's brook trout area. Um, and, yeah, I just... I got into it just by, like, hiking into, like, little streams. And, I mean, once I realized that there were things. Cold, Did you
2: start conventional fishing? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. I conventional fished before. And, uh, I mean, there were awesome, like, little smallmouth rivers and things like that. Yeah. we're in Pennsylvania. Um, my buddies and I all had kayaks, so we'd go float the the rivers and stuff and fish for smallies and pike. Um, but then, like, man, once I realized that there were native Trout that lived in the creeks in northern Pennsylvania, and then I—that's what kind of got me super yeah. interested into it. Just knowing that they're there, you could hike into them, and you could catch these native fish. Yeah, yeah, these native trout. So,
2: what brought you to Texas?
4: Work, work. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So I worked in uh, I worked in the gas industry up in Pennsylvania, and around 2014, the gas just got like real dismal. Uh, prices went you know, sub 99 cents, stuff like that. So, and at the time oil was still hundred dollars a barrel or whatever it was. So, um, I just, my wife and I talked about it and we just thought we'd come down to Texas.
2: Houston's, uh, that's the place to be Yeah, for that.
4: Yeah. Energy capital of the world. Yep.
2: So let's, uh, talk about your next book, Fly Fishing Houston. Yeah. Will you pass me a copy? I was reading through this because uh, your publisher sent me a copy beforehand. Um, so what's the backstory on this? How did you go from Fly Fishing the Sam, self-published, to published guidebook yeah. on Fly Fishing Houston and Southeast Texas?
4: Yeah, I um, I got introduced or introduced myself to um, Aaron Reed through, he had like a, uh, him and his friends had a, non-profit that they started uh texas dreams coalition mm-hmm. and i just um i became a member of texas dreams coalition and when it was like tell us a little bit about yourself um i just you know said that i wrote a book for east texas and then aaron contacted me after that and um yeah we just you know sent him my book um fly fishing the Sam, and we started talking and uh you know he had written i don't it wasn't out at the time but uh it was about to come out and that was um Fly Fishing Austin in Central Texas. And uh, he just said that they were thinking about continuing uh, the local angler series in Texas and doing Houston, San Antonio, Dallas. And and uh, he just asked if I'd be interested in working on the Houston book. And, uh, yeah, and so I, I thought about it a, a long time because, you know, there were things – there were things in the that I knew I'd have to do in the Houston book that that um, I didn't. I wasn't like super stoked about like the urban stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, the urban the urban carp scene and, and things like that. I mean, it's huge. And but like any any weekend I had that I wasn't working, I was going up to same Houston National Forest. I was getting away from the city. I was right. I was, you know, looking to get outside of where I could hear traffic and all that stuff. Because that that to me what reminded me of blue lining back in Pennsylvania and just being back and walking creeks and not seeing a soul, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Um, and so, you know, I talked about or thought about it for a while, talked to my wife about it, and then, uh, um, you know, talking to Aaron about it. And then I I started talking to guys like like Danny Scarborough, uh, who is a uh, – he moved to Dallas, but he was a guide, a freshwater guide down in Houston. Houston, yep. Yeah, and um, uh, he still guides down in Houston. He lives in Dallas now, but he drives down all the time to guide people in Houston and and, um, and Dallas area also. But, um, yeah, and I mean, he was awesome to, to talk to because he was kind of saying uh, they're carp and they live in a ditch in Houston. <laughs> it's like, what are people going to be mad about? Like, what are they going to, you know, like, what are they going to, uh, it's like they're grass carp, you know, so.
2: You talking about, like, uh, people complaining about
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah.
2: because that was going to be a question. Let's talk about that for a second because uh, I'm really good friends with people that do not like these types of books being out because it's hot spotting, um, putting information out there. Maybe it's information that's a little too accessible and makes it too easy for people. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on that um, and what you think about that having written and putting out a guidebook.
4: No, I mean, I understand it. Um, there's spots that I want to keep secret, too, that I don't write about, you know, so I, I get it, um, but uh, there's, I think, 2,500 miles of bayous <laughs> in the Houston area, so there's a lot of water, um, and there's a lot of water to go around. <laughs> um, and, you know, there are people that that have their spot, but there's a ton of people that also go to that same spot. And if you go to it over and over again, you'll see different people there mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. But it's their spot, right? They found it.
1: In the whole scheme of things, it, it's likely, yeah, if for the amount of information that's already out there with social media and with Google Maps and Onyx and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, it's already, it's hard to keep secret. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think
2: uh, uh, some of the criticism I've heard is maybe more spot-specific. That was like my favorite spot, and I don't like that my favorite spot was written about, which I would understand. Yeah. If I had, like, a spot I considered secret, and then all of a sudden it was in a book, but, but and at I'm But like, at, what,
1: at what point, I mean, you guys went down, you know, you, you guys covered some, some some water that was way down south of San Antonio than the normal folks would go. You know, if if I was saying, oh, it was like, Influence Park was my favorite place, and now everyone knows about it. Like, I, I guess at what point is it stepping on someone or hot spotting someone when a spot is literally like right off a highway or right off of, you know, what, to you, what do you think it would like your secret spot? How far would it need to be before you'd be upset that someone published it?
2: I don't know the answer to that. I do think that obviously information is more easily available than it has ever been. Whether we talk about anything in fly fishing, like YouTube's a thing, with Fly tying tips, you used to have to read a book or like yep. you have to work a little bit for the information with Google Maps and Apple Maps and all the map techno uh, on X maps. Mm-hmm. You didn't even get like if it's public land or private property, the, the amount of information that is available is crazy. I do like have a tendency to think that like you should put in like a little work and like if you're the guy who's only asking, Hey, where'd you go fishing? Where'd you catch his fish? That is, that is going to get under my skin if you're only, like, asking where should I go fishing, whatever. Like, you should put in a little bit of work and, like, go find a spot and go catch some fish. It's much more rewarding that way. But if – I also think, like, it really doesn't take that much time. And, like right. fi- I did a YouTube video. No one has watched this video, but I did a YouTube video of, like, I don't know, six ways to find your own fishing spot. It's 10 minutes long. Like, okay, you can go on Google Maps. You can do this. You can use OnX. You can go to the Texas Parks and Wildlife website, and they give you all the places that they stock, and they do this. This information is readily available for you. No one watched it. Probably, I don't know why. (laughs) Yeah, because they all went on uh, 210
1: fishing and (laughs) (laughs) just just asked there. Yeah,
2: so um, I, I do think that, like, people should put in a little work sometimes. Like, I think if you're, like... Uh, if I'm good buddies with Zach and Zach finds a good fishing spot, I've no problem asking Zach because I've also given him fishing spots and we're like we're good buddies, we go fishing together whatever but I also understand the frustration of like if you're the guy who's like always asking like where should I go fishing where should I go catch fish? What should yeah. I do and you need like a step by step manual every time you go fishing that yeah, yeah that would get under that would get under my skin yeah
4: for sure and I mean this this book though it's it tells you you know. This is the access site, and I describe a, let's just say, a mile wade. But that doesn't mean that you're going to have any kind of success there. I mean, you could go there and skunk. It's not, I mean... Not it's guaranteed. Yeah, it's, it's not a guaranteed. <laughs> I'm not saying there is a five-pound bass in this hole that <laughs> I catch on a squirmy-wormy... Like <laughs> oh, <that> <laughs> fly. <laughs> right in this hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so I, I, I'm... I understand that, um, but, like, all all this stuff is public access. You know, it's all um, a lot like drive over uh, yeah. drive over a bridge. You know, you see that road that worms its way under the bridge that you go down there, and there's a bunch of guys already down there soaking catfish bait. You can get in there and walk upstream for as long as you want. You know, <laughs> I only describe a mile section, but you can keep going for five miles if you yeah. want. Yeah, you know? those same...
1: Buddies that were upset for books like this and stuff, are they also upset at Bud Purdy's book, Fly Fishing the Texas Hill Country?
3: I feel like that's, that's always the exception, though. The <laughs> right? original.
2: The original. I think, uh, I, I don't necessarily think, though. So. I think the Bud, Bud Purdy book and then Kevin's book mm-hmm. is like, the, the argument that I've heard in defense of those books is, like, it's just GPS coordinates. There's, like, literally no other information, so you still have to, like, go and try to figure it out. There's the quite a bit of
3: information there. There's flies to use, there's what to fish, there's even, like, if you can wait it, if you could. There's... I feel like, in my opinion, the reason why those books aren't talked about is just because they came out before
1: the Internet age. Yeah, how would it have look looked in the amount of, uh, you know, uh, stuff? It's Yeah, I right. mean, th- those... <laughs> buzz is and you know it's it looks like he did it in you know his garage
3: right because in my opinion uh, this right like, a, like yeah. a guidebook is different than going on facebook and being like hey where do i need to fish this weekend and always being that right. guy right there is a little bit of paying your dues with a book in my opinion and that's because i don't think people really like there's not a ton of people out there who fly fish are going to pick up a book and read it. Imagine like Landon wrote you know. one.
1: Landon would just be like one chapter, and it basically would one page. Go do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> get out there. Down get some there. butt on your feet. <laughs> the The
2: other <laughs> argument I've heard is like from carp guys, yeah. who's like a book that gives you locations of carp is going to send the bow fishermen there, and they're going to remove all the carp. From I do yeah. see that.
3: I could get that. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. The, I mean, the, the carp spots that I talk about are in downtown yeah, yeah. so you're going to be arrested. Di- versus like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Versus
3: like the ones in the hill country which are like, that is like somebody's legit honey hole that you hike three miles in to find those carp, you know? Yeah. Like, that's different. I
2: don't know. I go back and forth on how I feel about it, honestly. I, I think things would And definitely- honestly, look, I use uh, the Bud Pretty book all the time to find but, spots. But imagine
1: if he had... Done that but now
2: I also it it would not go
1: over well. It would not go over well. So now it's interesting to see what the San Antonio one's gonna look like. I
2: also get on Google Maps and just like, oh, here's some flowing water and I go check it out and sometimes it's a dud and sometimes it's success. Or I just get on Google and I find like the information as opposed to asking somebody. I think that's where a lot of people's frustration is these days, especially like in the world of social media and like the Facebook pages of like, oh, I'm coming down for the weekend. Where should I go fishing? And like, yeah, nobody wants to. Yeah, but nobody okay. wants to tell you. Do you think? Do you think
3: finding a guidebook and reading through it is actually easier than using Google Maps?
2: Do I think it's easier than Google Maps? Uh huh. I don't know. I think there it's is standard, an effort. Yeah. There is an effort in actually reading. Yeah. And yeah. maybe like reading is better than uh, other options. Right.
3: Like I think. I think, I mean, like, guidebooks have been out for years, right? Like, we all use them for everything, you know? Like, I don't – I think, Grant, this is my opinion.
2: No, yeah, no one – look, look, no one cares if it's like a – like, I have a 14-er, Colorado 14-ers guidebook because at one point in my life I wanted to climb all the 14-ers, whatever. Nobody cares about that. It's like no one – Oh, some people do, though. Do they?
3: Yeah, because they don't – like, especially with COVID, like, there's a huge overcrowding uh, issue now with a lot of our natural resources. I think
2: so. This isn't just an isolated fishing thing. It is
3: not an isolated fishing thing. I think you can turn it into like a hot spotting thing, but I think it happens in almost every sport. Every I would say, probably more exclusively outdoor sports. Yeah. You know, um, but
4: the the thing though about fly fishermen too is that, as far as being conscientious observers of nature and, and participants in it, I don't think you can beat. Fly anglers. I mean, if they, if you, if you have this creek that you drive over every day going to work, and you realize that oh my gosh, I can fish this, you know, and catch spot of bass or mm-hmm. cichlids or whatever in it, maybe I don't throw my wrapper out in the, right. you know, in the creek or whatever. Yeah. Or, or or you know, at least I take, I take a little bit more ownership in the in the waterways. You know, like this is where I recreate. I'm having a blast doing this. We're doing stream cleanup, right? you know, or something like that. Um, uh, I mean, I don't, I think if fly anglers know about it, it's more likely to become a a resource that isn't, you know, trod all over. Right,
3: we're more uh, conservation-minded, I would say, most um, fishermen, you know. Yeah, like like look at Brushy Creek, you know,
4: what Chris Johnson's doing with Brushy, you know.
2: No, that's a huge success. Yeah, what they're doing with Brushy. I just, I'm really good friends that are not happy about guidebooks being out. And I, on one hand, I see their frustration, but at the same time, I own Aaron Reed's book, I own Kevin's yeah. copy, I own Bud Pretty's copy, copy yeah. and I pop into them to like, oh, I want to go check out the Medina, but Medina, but I know nothing about it, so I hop on Google Maps and I open a guidebook and I'm like all right, here's some public access. And mainly it's more of like, okay, how can I access the river more than anything else because I'm less concerned about the fishing, uh, more concerned about like, oh, where can I get on the river and then I'm good to go.
3: And I think, I I mean, like your point of like people going like uh, bow fishermen, you know, but realistically bow fishermen is probably not going to pick up a fly fishing. Yeah, they don't know it exists. Right. Yeah. They don't, you know. And to be honest, too, every time I've ever gone through one of these books, I never find my new honey hole. I find a new place to go visit once, twice, maybe a couple times a year, but it's not that place I'm hammering constantly.
4: You know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's not your place. You it's or, or maybe you use the book to get to a spot, and then you went beyond what the book describes. Right. Exactly. Like there's there's so much to it. Yeah. Like
3: uh, I just peeking through here. Like I told you, like my in-laws live in Houston. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like the next time I go, I'll probably go to one of these spots. But I go there twice a year, you know, so it's not like most people aren't gonna be pounding these places, yeah. you know.
4: But the, in the same way. Kind of in the same vein that we're talking about here is like there are there are a ton of anglers in Houston, fly anglers that are super hardcore. Like I my wife and I joke that like some of the best fishermen that I've ever known don't even have a driver's license yet. <laughs> they're like these kids yeah. that are like just killing it on yeah, the yeah. on the water. They're yeah. awesome. And my wife, like I was, you know, I became friends with them through writing this book. And my wife is like, you know, she's like poking fun at me a little bit, like, oh, you have to go, you're gonna go hang out with your with your high school buddies? <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I am. Like, do you have to pick them up? Yeah. <laughs> what time do they have to be home? I'm like, um. oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. These people are awesome. These kids are like killing it. They're they're and nobody's amazing. willing to
2: break fishing rules like a kid. Like, oh, we'll sneak onto a golf course <laughs> and oh, yeah. like, pull some yeah, yeah, bass out of sure. a pond. We ain't scared of a lot. Let me the show law you this yeah. I'm like, guys, I have a job. I, <laughs> exactly. I have a yeah. career. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't do this. But
3: it's also cool. it cool. yeah. the evening yeah. in the tank. It it's, yeah. also, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a
1: fantastic thing to surround yourself with with people that are either new into it or younger and super excited about doing it. It, You know, it kind of rekindles your love for doing that. Yeah, for
4: sure. And like, and the, the, all these guys helped me out with this book and they're like all excited about it. And they're, they're pumped to help out and be part of it. And just to like see this project. And Danny was too, you know, like, you know, Danny guides down there and he was like the first one to, to be like, Oh yeah, I'll help you out. Cool. Let's do it. You know? And, and that was so appreciative because on one hand, you know, I would still be out on the water trying to figure out how to catch a bowfin, but I, Danny showed me how to do it. You could read this book, and read about you know I'd go into a little bit on on how to find bowfin and how to catch them, but unless you really want to understand it, you have to hire Danny. Right. You know, you have yeah. to you still have to hire Danny as a guide because he and will, even
3: then you're still not promised a bowfin. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah.
4: But like he'll show you what to do and how he does it and. Yeah, it's...
2: Well, and a guidebook doesn't promise a fish. No. No, exactly. There
3: still is effort behind it. Yep. You know? Yeah, in yeah. my opinion, you still are paying your dues. It's yeah. not somebody who told you on Facebook, all right, here, here's where you go. This is what you do, you know?
4: Yeah. And guys like... There's another guy, Joe Mills, who's... You know, he's another urban carping dude. He was the same way. He's just an awesome guy to talk to. And, yeah, he's... This is how I catch grass carp. I've caught him on... You know, I've caught him on top water. This is what I look for. This is how I do it. And he just... You're like, thanks. That's it's yeah. really great. And he's like, I don't care. These are invasive carp in a <laughs> cement line ditch. <laughs> 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 thank God they're here. This was a lot of fun. But, yeah. like, you know... If it wasn't for us, they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the, the whole community... At, l- at least the guys I've talked to. Yeah. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure I'm going to catch flack and there's going to be haters and stuff. I, oh, why dude, I don't really look you at can the find, internet you that. You can
2: much. find a hater for anything. <laughs> I yeah. mean, yeah. really, it's.
3: Close to get to Austin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, as long as they
2: buy the book, right? As yeah. long as they buy the book. <laughs> yeah. Well,
4: I, I just wanted, yeah. I just was like, I don't know. I've met and talked to w- people that are so awesome that I. I I can't even tell you that have helped me with this book that I'm like, okay, you know, if I there's a couple of people that get mad at it, at me over it and whatever. <laughs> I don't
2: care. Yeah. You know. No, and I think like Zach said, that you still have to put effort in. Yeah. Um and it's not every spot in Houston. Um
4: Yeah, there's twenty five hundred miles of bayou or waterway.
2: Yeah. And I would just That's say, not even looking at saltwater. Yeah, and, and I as
4: would we s- know
3: from fly fishing Podcast it is a niche market. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks uh, for listeners.
2: Robert's going to be real disappointed to find out that this podcast has reach of like five people. Yeah, one it's, guy it's why, yes. you know, and it's my. And he was one of the listeners before he came, so yeah. it's only four. Exactly, and it's not even my parents. So. Yeah. <laughs> our, our listeners in Indonesia might have a little bit of an yeah. issue. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: Um so when is the book supposed to come out? Uh February 7th is when when it'll come out. Um you can pre-order it now on Amazon. Are any bookstores going to carry it? Uh yes, uh it should be it should be carried at like I mean your typical Barnes and Noble uh stuff like that. Um is
2: our website able to carry it?
4: I don't know, but I will check cuz we check. S-
2: yeah, we sell the books of every uh, guest yep. that we've had on. So oh, right on. Yeah, we yep. can put them on our website too, and maybe get you to sign sure. them. Sign a few of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Then uh, there's a fly tying festival though. Uh, three days before this, the book comes out. There's a fly tying festival in Houston. In, in Houston, yeah. Yeah. Is it the Ed uh, Ed Rizzolo Yeah. Yep. Yep. Fly tying. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I'll be there, and that's February 4th, and so you can pick it up there. Uh, Three days early, and I'll sign them there too. So, so we nice. got er-
2: we got early copies. Nice.
4: Yeah. <laughs> 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 um.
2: This is cool, man. The book is really nice. Yeah. I'm I'm really impressed, and even like the Q like even in your book you put QR codes, and like even the fact that there's QR codes. I'm like,
0: man. Yeah.
4: So this was the f- this is the first official fly book fly, fly fishing guide that with QR codes. Uh, well, I mean, I did it in mine, my fly fishing, the sand, but that's not uh, self-published. You know, this is first, like, uh So, what are the
2: QR codes? I'm not, like, detailed parking. Re- parking. Yeah,
4: just parking areas. Cool. It's actually oh, a man, really
2: good idea. That's half the battle. You yeah. Know. yeah. Yeah, exactly.
4: Really. With any guidebook, you're, like, sitting there trying to put your finger on the page, and you're, you know, trying to type in the... Yeah. ...the X, Ys. Wait,
2: did Joe Mills catch this fish in a stormwater drain?
4: Uh, no, the water's <laughs> like right behind oh. it. That dry one, yeah, that dry stormwater. He chucked his fly up in there in the shadows. <laughs> it came walking out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that'd be sweet, man. <laughs> no, that's like. Your book will
2: lead you right to the stormwater drain <laughs> where you can go catch a nice grass carp. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that
4: stormwater drain and all 200 others. <laughs>
2: you got some breweries in here, too? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That was the other fun thing. Just put the oh, water so water like you, What's you the one good that's down? Da- uh,
2: Eighth Wonder. Yeah. Oh, 8th Wonder, yeah. Yeah,
4: that's a good
3: brewery.
2: That is a good one. You put, like, good food and other other things other than fly fishing in here, too, like, for people to check out.
4: Yep, yeah, yeah. It's a good place to, I mean, it's awesome getting a beer when you're when you're done. Yeah, when you're done. Yep. Yeah. Driving back to the city or whatever. Stopping in, getting a beer, talking about it with your buddies. Man, this is sweet.
2: It looks really good.
4: Oh, thank you. And I have
2: Aaron's book, too, and his. I mean, it's nice because they look the same as well. Yeah. Um, right. Same so
4: format. Yeah.
2: Same size. It looks like too. On your next
1: one that you do, can you add a barbecue <laughs> joints?
4: <laughs> <Okay. laughs> right. Tacadillas, tacadillas, and barbecue that joints. That
1: one's even <laughs> a San Antonio spot. Yeah. yeah. We'll wait yeah. for the San Antonio
2: one and then yeah, be upset about that one. So, <laughs> so now that you're an author, what's next? What are you gonna write next? Oh, man. have you been? Have you been? The wheels been turning? No, because
4: I have a four month old. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. nothing changes things a little bit. Yeah, nothing's been turning. Just. <laughs> My head hitting the pillow, (laughs) (laughs) not turning, reeling. (laughs) Um, I I don't have anything planned. No, I just uh, having this baby's like the greatest thing ever. So this is your first kid. Yeah. mm -hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm completely, yeah, focused on that. How does that? How does that feel? Great. Being a dad. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's I can't even describe it. Yeah. It's everything that I thought. It's like. Can't believe I cared about stuff yeah. like before this. Like I cared yeah. about this yeah. book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, this, this like book means nothing to everything me. Everything else before this, this, this <laughs> doesn't matter. Enjoy, enjoy
1: this time because now I'm getting my daughter seven, and now I'm getting these these Facebook and Snapchat oh yeah. memories that come out. I'm like, man, like. Sh- cute kid before she was, you know, talking <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. you actually relied on me to help, you know, to carry you around and then now it's like, no, nah, I'm fine, I'm, I'm going to, you know, <laughs> yeah. watch cartoons, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no, no you, know, just, you know, let me pick you up one more time. I just feel like, you know, it's a fun, yeah, it's a fun age when they're like, especially when they, you know, start walking around and you can, you can see in their eyes when they're like learning and seeing new stuff.
4: Yeah, and as yeah. and
1: as you know, they they grow and develop. It's it's just a, a cool thing to, to share with them their first experiences on things, and you know I'm getting here now, and we just did our first little fishing trip uh, a couple oh, of nice. weeks ago, and and she caught some fish, so you know it was cool, to, and you know we, dig up bugs and we did the whole thing out out in that in that section, and just to see, you know like what wow, like it's just new, you know, and and see that, um, it's an awesome thing, man. That's cool. It's an awesome thing.
4: That's really cool. Yeah, I was talking to a friend at work, and he was saying, well, one, of, one of my other friends was saying, you know, his kid's a teenager, and yeah. it's annoying and all this stuff. And then my other buddy was saying, he's like, oh, I'm in the golden years. My kid's 12 he still loves me yeah. he listens yeah. to what i say yeah. 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 He yeah. but he can still feed him he can feed himself which is awesome everything everything that, that to you me. That, that you're yeah. saying as a
1: parent they're like oh
3: wow you know my yeah. dad yeah. said that my mom yeah. said that yeah. you know yeah they're not at <laughs> that yeah, they're, like, they're not yeah. at that
1: age where we're just all like oh yeah. you know, <laughs> whatever they take everything whatever. you say as gold they're like oh man yeah no it's yeah enjoy enjoy this it's because literally like like they say like in a I didn't believe it until, it, until again, it happened where it's like you blink and it's all of a sudden, you know, she's six, she's seven. you know and it's, it's like, dang, like where, where'd the time go? Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing. It's a cool thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, and even the sleep, like it's, it's funny how you were mentioned for the podcast, like, oh we're just trying to figure out sleep schedules mm-hmm. and this and that. Like, I totally forgot about that. Like <laughs> you don't even think about the yeah. fact that, like,
2: w- wife you and You didn't sleep for, like, two years. We, we rotated. <laughs> Actually, what
1: we would do is we would rotate who would stay up with the kid. And she got to a point where we knew her feedings were going to be at, like, 10 or, or, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, diaper change and that. So, basically, we'd go to bed at, like, eight thirty, eight o'clock, but someone would sleep in, in the mm. bed, get a full night's rest because we figured... Instead, both of us being tired, why don't we just be like at least one of us, four rested and and just back and forth. And it worked out for us. Great. A good idea. You know, yeah, because you're in bed, and you're like, oh, the kid's crying. Oh, wait, it's not my night. I'm going back oh, to sleep. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Thanks for listening to the Honey Hole Parenting Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I mean, that's You all awesome. start somewhere. I mean, yeah. you, know, you got dog parents,
1: and it's it's kind of the same thing. You see them as a puppy, and then they get older, and yeah. it's just the cycle. So.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Good times, man. Good times.
2: Uh, Robert, did we miss anything? Is there anything else you want to mention about this book that's coming out?
4: Um, No, I'm, I'm February 7th. And that's the title of the book? Uh, Fly Fishing Houston in Southeastern Texas. Awesome.
2: Yep, and what we'll do is, if we can get some, we'll try to get some. Yeah. And we yeah. um, have the, them at Trout Fest and put them on the yeah, website. Yeah. we have, well, I actually sold out, sold out all of Steve's books, so I need to order some more of those. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if Kevin is republishing but Pretty's book, so that might be a I know. deal.
3: I have my copy for two hundred dollars.
2: Yeah. Actually, <laughs> last time I talked, last time I talked to Kevin, uh, he was like, "Have you checked the Amazon prices of my books lately?" And I was like, "No." He's like, "Take a guess." I was like, "Oh, fifty bucks." He's like, "A hundred and like twenty dollars." What? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah.
4: I think I bought mine for $50, 60 bucks, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. When'd you get yours? Oh, when I moved down here. Okay. Sorry, 2014, yeah, yeah. 2015. Oh, it was like still that. being published back then. Yeah.
2: But then also, you can go to like Hot Tip if you want the Bud Pretty version. This is like, I think Kevin is version three. Yeah,
1: volume three, I think. Or, but or,
2: yeah. Bud Pretty had volume one and volume two. And occasionally, you can find those in a half price book.
1: That's books. where I bought mine. <laughs> oh, nice. And, it, and was it was like really? $20. Bucks. Nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it yeah. Was, oh, yeah.
4: that reminds me. There was this other book that I. I researched cause I went down to Gordian sons um, in Houston yeah. and I was talking to Marcus down there and he was like, there's this book called something like 102, 112 uh, fishing holes or no, uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's like something, something fishing holes a hundred miles around Houston and it's out of print now. And uh-huh. all, but all it is is like park ponds and like state parks and, Oh, and, and that covers the coast too. Um, and it's out of print and I couldn't find mm-hmm. it for a life of me, but I found it at half price books. Oh That's crazy. Crazy. yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just yeah. I forget who wrote it. I found it. some lady g- that
2: wrote it. I found some gems of fly fishing books yep. at half price books. Yep. And they're like two bucks, three bucks yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah, I mean this yeah, and this book was awesome. It's just yeah, it's got all these park ponds and like I said, yeah, all that stuff. So yeah. It's a good reference for sure. So pick that one up too. Find it at Half Price Books. Yeah.
2: Robert, do you have any questions for us?
4: Uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, thanks a lot, guys. Dude, thanks I for coming. Yeah, thanks for driving too. We
2: appreciate you sitting with us because I know phone call was an option, but we like having people here. This th- is a lot of fun. Drinking
1: it's fun. moonshine. Yeah, it's there, yeah. Drinking moonshine yeah. and getting to see the studio. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, guys. It's been it's been good getting to actually meet you in person. You yeah. know? see you on the internet but yeah as, you, as the, you can see yeah. you like you nice know nice see you we, real yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: as you can see we, we all don't have faces for radio i We're would be uh, <laughs> i would be i would
2: be interested in a follow-up podcast where we go squirrel hunting with you for the first time oh, yeah. and then Ooh, we dumb. sit like uh in the back of the truck and record a podcast
1: oh that'd about be fun yeah i'd like trip. to shoot one and do you know I want it teriyaki
4: style. You can do that'd you be know, cool. We, we can do it out in the field. Too? The yeah. field. Uh, yeah. Like cinnamon brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buffalo <laughs> yeah. We, we, could oh, some, we can drink that'd some we can drink some moonshine. Drink some moonshine and right. let uh, me like work at least ten pounds off my dog though before <laughs> 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 I bet she'll yeah. be
2: excited. We can work that ten pounds off while yeah. we're at <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's
4: true. Yeah. yeah. we took her out for a hike the other day and she was already like Well, that's the other thing that you just gotta know. You can't turn it off. You know, once you start down that path of, like, a training squirrel. her into squirrels. It's like, no, we're just going for a hike. No, she is on squirrels. She's on squirrel <laughs> duty. Yeah. So you're like, sorry, Minnow. We, yeah. We're not shooting squirrels today. And then Your dog's st- name is Minnow? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> is awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I've never heard a more perfect dog name. That's so <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my wife's idea. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That'd, be, that'd be fun, though. Yeah.
2: Well, thanks, Robert. This is great. We really appreciate you coming in.
4: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
1: Look in the description below to find links to our website, online store, YouTube
0: channel, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Discord server, and blog.
1: Please send your podcast questions and inquiries to info at honeyholeangling.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you again next week.